0: What is up everyone? It's Quinn here and in this video I'm going to be going through my week 7 running back start sits. So breaking down every single week 7 matchup, talking about every fantasy relevant running back, and then listing them as either a start, fringe option, or a sit. The starts are going to be your running back 2s and your running back 1s. Don't know I listed them in that order, but just the players you feel confident throwing into your starting lineup in the running back slot. The fringe options, these are going to be like your RB3s. Your flex options, you may not love it. Um, you know, playing these guys, but here in week seven with six teams on by, you may want to plug and play some of those fringe options and then sits pretty self-explanatory. Those are guys you would prefer to keep on your bench. I'll also have my wide receiver start sits out today also, and then I'll have the quarterbacks and tight ends out tomorrow. Any fantasy questions, drop them down below, but let's dive right into the Thursday night game where we have the Jaguars taking on the Saints and really nothing crazy here. You fire up Travis Etienne as a very strong start, and you fire up Alvin Kamara as a very strong start. Both of these guys are workhorses in their current offenses. For the Jaguars, you're hoping that Trevor Lawrence is able to give it a go, but even if he isn't, I mean, you still fire up Travis Etienne as a running back one. Now, shifting over to the Sunday slate, we have the Lions taking on at the Ravens. and kind of an interesting spot here with this Lions running back room, we've had Jameer Gibbs miss the last two weeks. And then we had David Montgomery leave the week six game with a rib injury. According to Dan Campbell, it seems like he may be missing some time here, missing a few weeks. So Jameer Gibbs, I believe Dan Campbell said he was day-to-day. He seemed pretty optimistic that he'd be able to give it a go on Sunday. So if Jameer Gibbs is going and David Montgomery is out, I think you fire up Jameer Gibbs as a start. This is a big opportunity for Jameer Gibbs to kind of impress this coaching staff before David Montgomery does return, potentially start to eat into that Montgomery workload in the long term. Now if Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery don't play, Craig Reynolds would be the guy you probably want to fire up. I'd probably only list him as a fringe option because I do think it could turn into a gross committee. But hopefully if David Montgomery is out jameer gibbs is able to give it a go and you fire him up as a start on the other side with the ravens gus edwards was able to maintain the running back one role here he had a 62 percent snap share 51 percent raw participation and then he took 16 of the 24 running back carries he also took all five of the goal line snaps which is interesting we've seen in previous weeks justice hill is kind of filtered in there on the goal line so good for gus edwards that he's locking down that goal line role I still think he's only a fringe option, because this usage could flip up. The Lions have also just been really tough against opposing running backs, so Gus Edwards is going to be a fringe play for me, and then Justice Hill as a sit. Now moving over to the Raiders-Bears matchup here, for the Raiders, you just continue to fire up Josh Jacobs as a really strong running back one start. Hopefully Jimmy G is able to play, but even without Jimmy G, Josh Jacobs still going to be a start. Then for the Bears, we have Roshan Johnson, and last week when we knew Khalil Herbert was on IR, we thought Roshan Johnson was going to play. I had Roshan listed as a start. This week, I have him as a fringe option, and it just comes down to the quarterback position. It seems like Justin Fields is going to miss some time, dislocated his thumb, and this Bears offense has the potential to be really, really bad without Justin Fields. They weren't great with him, I guess barring the last uh, like what, week four and week five. Without Justin Fields, this offense really could just completely fall apart. So Roshan Johnson may be leading this backfield, but I don't know how efficient he's going to be. So that's why he's more of a fringe option, probably like a higher-end running back three. If Roshan's not playing, you just want to fade that running back room. Deonta Foreman and uh, De'Arington Evans, I believe, were in a very solid split. So... You would want to fade those guys if Roshan is not able to play. In the next game, we have the Browns taking on the Colts. And for the Browns here, I have Jerome Ford as a fringe option, Kareem Hunt as a sit, but they are pretty close at this point. Kareem Hunt did have the better fantasy day. Um, He got into the end zone, but Jerome Ford had the better overall role. He played more snaps. They both ran 13 routes. Jerome Ford saw 19 opportunities to Kareem Hunt's 15. So pretty close, but Jerome Ford was still in the lead. So I do think that usage could potentially flip at some point, maybe Kareem Hunt takes over. Maybe Jerome Ford improves on his role. Like, I don't think it's set in stone, but right now I would be favoring Jerome Ford. The Colts have also been in the top 10 for points allowed to fantasy running backs. So it is a decent matchup, which is why I have Jerome Ford as a fringe option. But in my uh, like overall weekly rankings coming out on Thursday, those guys will probably be pretty close together. And then for the Colts here, it's just another tough week trying to you know kind of break down this running back room. We saw in week five when Jonathan Taylor made his return uh, Zach Moss just completely dominated usage dominated all the opportunities then in week six coming into the week I was thinking all right JT's probably gonna take this slight lead I don't think he's gonna be way out touched like he was by Zach Moss in week five They basically go into a 50 50 split so we saw uh, Moss run six more routes and he played six more snaps, but both guys saw 15 opportunities So, you know very even workload there neither guy was super effective on the ground I do think it was good to see the running back position get super involved in the passing game. That's good to see for JT's long-term upside this season. Uh, Zach Moss was the guy who got into the end zone, so his fantasy day was better. But looking at this uh, start set, I have JT as a start zach moss is a sit you may be wondering why like moss isn't a fringe option or why aren't they both fringe options i just think we saw jt really improve on his role from week five to week six i think he takes another jump in his usage here in week seven and this is a really tough matchup here against this browns defense so if i think jt is going to lead this backfield i don't want to be starting like the second option even if it's somewhat of a committee against this Browns defense that has been really tough. I wouldn't want to be starting Zach Moss if I think JT is going to get most of the work. Now, if you think Zach Moss is going to lead the backfield, then by all means, go ahead, play him. But the way that I'm looking at this backfield, I think JT is going to lead. I think he's going to improve on his opportunities, which means that Zach Moss is going to be a sit for me. In the next game, we have a divisional matchup between the Bills and the Patriots. And for the Bills, not looking great for james cook here he's had a disappointing last two weeks in week five he only saw nine opportunities and then in week six he had a solid workload on the ground but was not targeted a single time which i think is where a lot of people including myself kind of thought his upside would come in you know as a receiving back uh cook and murray split the backfield 50 50 in terms of snaps so they each took 30 snaps and i think like 61 total plays from the bills I'm not ready to go like full panic mode on James Cook. Remember weeks one through four, he was averaging 14 and a half PPR points per game. He's still like the younger option in this backfield. He's the guy they're gonna have in the future. So I don't think it's totally like gone that he could lead this backfield rest of season. But in the short term, like if he's not gonna be super involved as a pass catcher and the bills are taking him off the field when they're getting close to the goal line, a lot of his upside is kind of zapped at this point. So I have both of these guys as a fringe options. They're going to be on a top offense, but pretty much in a 50-50 split. Also not a great look with Leonard Fournette potentially signing there. Not that Fournette's going to come in and like have a huge workload, but you kind of thought, you know, maybe with Damian Harris going down, the touches would be more concentrated. It seems like they still want to have some sort of like three running back thing going on here. So for this week, they're a fringe option. I still prefer James Cook over Latavius Murray long term, but not great, you know, coming off of the last two weeks. On the other side for the Patriots, this was great usage out of Ramondre Stevenson. Um, this backfield was pretty much trending towards a 50-50 split. That's what we saw in week five. Ramondre was able to improve his snap share up to 65% and then had a 62% route participation. Also saw 17 opportunities compared to Ezekiel Elliott's eight. So all good signs there for Ramondre. Also good to see him uh, pretty involved as a pass catcher. Six targets, five receptions. You love to see that out of Ramondre. So he's going to be back to a start as more of like a mid to back end RB2. And then Zeke is going to be a sit for me. Then shifting over to the Commanders Giants matchup. For the Commanders, this was not a great Brian Robinson game in a game script where you thought he'd have a lot of usage. He only had a 53% snap share, took 10 of the 17 running back carries. I still think he's like a weekly back end RB2, but this definitely hasn't been a great stretch out of uh, Brian Robinson here. For the Giants, they finally get Saquon Barkley back. If Saquon Barkley's active, you're firing him up as a very, very confident start. The next game, we have the Falcons taking on the Buccaneers. This Falcons rushing attack has not looked great over the last few weeks. We've had some inefficient games out of both Brian Robinson, or sorry, Bijan Robinson and Tyler Algier. Not great, but for Bijan Robinson, even if they're trailing or inefficient on the ground, he's still gonna have a solid workload as a pass catcher which is why he continued to fire him up as a running back one, gonna be sitting Tyler Algier. And then for the Bucks, Rashad White went out and absolutely dominated the snaps coming out of the bye, but he did not dominate the opportunities. He only had 11 to Keyshawn Vaughn seven. So even though he was out there, you know, pretty much every play, when Keyshawn Vaughn was on the field, he was getting the ball. And typically that was on early downs. This Bucks rushing attack has just not been super efficient. Rashad White's averaging 3.3 yards per carry. And then this also is a tough matchup here against the Falcons. They've allowed the third-fewest points per game fantasy-wise to the running back position. I think the one positive for Rashad White is that he had a 76% of raw participation, which is like great at the uh, running back position, but he's probably more of like a mid-to-low-end fringe play this week. He's going to be some sort of running back three. He just hasn't been great even in solid opportunities, plus the tough matchup. I wouldn't be super excited about Rashad White at this point. Then we're gonna have the Steelers taking on the Rams, and I think this is the first week I've officially uh, relegated Najee Harris to the sit section. Jalen Warren is a fringe play. Jalen Warren has actually outscored Najee Harris in all five of their games in terms of uh, fantasy PPR scoring. Even with Najee getting 12.6 carries a game, it's just not gonna matter if he's getting those touches on the ground when they're super inefficient and he's lacking like any touchdown upside in this offense. And he's also not super involved as a pass catcher, averaging less than two targets a game. That's honestly probably the biggest hit from like his rookie season to now, the lack of uh, receiving usage. Looking at Jalen Warren, you definitely can't be super excited about playing him either. He's also going to be inefficient on the ground. He hasn't scored a single touchdown this season, but his role as a pass catcher is way better, averaging five targets a game. So he's probably more of like a mid-to-back-end RB3, but I think at this point you have to favor Jalen Warren over Najee Harris. Now this could be the game where Najee goes out, is efficient and gets into the end zone, but it's just not something I wanna bank on here with Najee. On the other side with the Rams here, tough break to their running back room as a whole. You had Kyron Williams who had just taken over as this huge workhorse. He was someone I was kinda looking to sell high on just because he hadn't actually been that great with his opportunities. Like fantasy-wise, he was great, but in terms of his efficiency on the ground, um, through the air, he hadn't been that amazing. But then actually this game in week six, I think it was his best game in terms of rushing yards over expected. So he put together a great performance. Unfortunately, he suffers an ankle injury, and it seems like he's going to miss at least some time here. Seems like he is probably not gonna be playing here in week seven. And then the guy, Ronnie Rivers, that I was kind of throwing out there as a potential handcuff, He's now expected to miss, I think it was like four plus weeks, so not a great uh, situation here with this backfield. Zach Evans was the only other running back to take a snap out of that backfield in week six. We have seen Sean McVay be comfortable just unloading a massive workload onto Kyron Williams, who was not some sort of like proven running back. He's just kind of like a young depth option they had the previous season. So it's possible he just does that same thing with Zach Evans, but I also think this could turn into some sort of like rough committee, kind of like a situation we saw with the Cardinals where you just have like three guys splitting the work and it's not a great spot. So I have Zach Evans as a fringe option, but just a lot of uncertainty there at that uh, running back position. Now shifting over to the cardinals seahawks matchup for the cardinals i think a lot of people were very high on uh, amari de heading into week six it didn't really pan out he led the backfield in snaps and routes run but he only saw three opportunities which is really rough um ingram led the team or at least led the running backs with 12 opportunities and then damian williams saw nine For me, this backfield is gonna be a clear fade at this point until someone truly stands out. Like if Ingram takes a step forward, improves on his role, maybe he's playable heading into week eight. But at this point, like I don't really wanna mess around with this running back room. Just gonna be a fade. For the Seahawks, you continue to fire up Kenneth Walker as a very, very strong running back one. That's going to lead us into the Packers taking on the Broncos. Packers coming off the bye. I'd assume Aaron Jones is going to suit up in this game. Um, he made his return and then missed another game. If Aaron Jones is healthy, you got to fire him up. Plus a great matchup here against the Broncos. Um, if Aaron Jones does play, going to be sitting A.J. Dillon. Then for the Broncos, this running back room is pretty gross. They kind of rolled out a three-man committee on a Thursday night football against the Chiefs. Javante did lead this backfield um, in opportunities, and that was coming off a quad injury. He also took their uh, only goal line snap, so i would play javante if i had to play one of these running backs i also think he could improve on his role um you know now a week and a half removed from his first game back this is also a pretty solid matchup here for the running back position the packers have allowed the fourth most fantasy points per game to running backs if this wasn't like a smash matchup for these broncos running backs i would probably just fully fade this rb room but i do have javante like slightly slid in here. As a potential fringe option we saw jaleel mclaughlin kind of operate as the rb2 and then samaj piran was really only in there on the uh, two minute drill snaps so not a great look for samaj moving forward and then we're going to have a divisional game between the chargers and the chiefs and pretty easy here For the Chargers, Austin Eckler back against the Cowboys. You fire him up as a high-end RB1. And then for the Chiefs, Isaiah Pacheco has really kind of separated himself in this backfield. You fire him up against the Chargers. And then I believe this is Sunday night football. Dolphins taking on the Eagles. Also some pretty easy calls here. For the Dolphins, you fire up Raheem Mostert. We did see Salvin Ahmed be involved a little bit. Had a decent fantasy day because he had a late-game touchdown when it was kind of garbage time. I do think we could see Jeff Wilson return here, which means Salvin Ahmed probably isn't super interesting. At this point, you just fire up Mostert as a running back one, and then probably sit these other options. And then for the Eagles, you fire up DeAndre Swift as the Eagles RB1. And then the final game of the week, Monday Night Football, 49ers taking on the Vikings. 49ers running back room is up in the air at this point. When I'm recording this, uh, we have not gotten news on the CMC MRI. If CMC is active, you're obviously playing him. If CMC is out, I talked about this in the uh, waiver wire video where Jordan Mason kind of operated as the running back two behind him, even though Elijah Mitchell was active. So I was kind of saying, you know, Jordan Mason may be the handcuff moving forward, but then we saw Kyle Shanahan come out and he basically said like he didn't want to rush Elijah Mitchell back because he had just gotten cleared from his injury and that he has earned like some sort of role based on how well he's played. So probably at this point, I would lean Elijah Mitchell as the better option if CMC was out, but I also think it could be some sort of committee here. So probably a situation we just want to wait on. Um, obviously, we have a lot of time, Monday Night Football. But if I had to choose like someone, if I was going to you know pick one of these guys, if CMC was out, I probably would be leaning Elijah Mitchell at this point. And then the uh, final team here the Vikings. I have Alexander Madison as a fringe option, Cam Akers as a sit. Pretty solid news for Madison owners in terms of the usage in week 6. He saw 45 snaps to only 9 for Cam Akers. He had 25 opportunities to only 3 opportunities for Akers. So Akers at this point is like a non-factor in this backfield. Also not a great sign long term for Cam Akers if he's not able to even like break into a committee with Alexander Madison who has not been good Madison had 25 opportunities. I believe he had seven targets and he only turned that into 11.2 PPR points. So still not great. He draws a really tough matchup here against the 49ers. The Vikings did not look good in a great matchup against the Bears. So I am a little bit concerned about this offense going up against this 49ers defense. Still think Madison's an RB three, but just cause he had a great workload doesn't mean I'm ready to uh, fire him up here as a confident RB two against the 49ers. And that is going to wrap it up for all 13 week seven matchups. If you guys enjoyed the video, do me a favor, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. Um, Any fantasy questions, drop them down below. My wide receiver start sit will be out today. Also, thank you all for stopping by and I will see you in the next one.